Hey guys, this is Dr. McFarland, and on this week's podcast, we're going to talk with David Ussery of GoatRockPro.com, and we're going to talk about his company and his musical endeavors and lots of fun stuff. So, hey, David, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Dr. McFarland? That's right. Oh, man. Should I call you Nate? Uh, you can. Nate, Nathan, Nate Dog, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Sweet. So, right where are you located in the United States? Well, I am at, uh, I've been just, a f- I'd say about 10 miles north of Seattle, uh, up here okay. in the great state of Washington, Washington Czech, and uh, been up here almost 20 years. And what brought you to the Seattle area? I've been, uh, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, I've been into music uh, my whole life. Grew up in the church, going to choirs, and then left the church and got into grunge. And, of course, the uh, birthplace of grunge is here in Seattle. It's kind of my mecca, I guess, Yeah. Um, in high school. So <laughs> I came up here in high school with a buddy of mine and just fell in love. And when it came to uh, you know, decision in my life a couple of years later, where do I want to end up? And it's like a natural choice for me. That's cool. I've actually never been to Washington State or even the Seattle area. Um, does it really rain as much up there as they say it does? Well, you know, it's a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more overcast more than it, it rains all the time. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, it does. It does rain quite a bit here. Um, we actually, where I live, uh, they call it the Big Banana or the Convergent Zone. And you know, like that thing where if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. It's I've actually seen it. <laughs> when I first moved up here, I was on the uh, the bus going going from work back home, and it was both sun shining and hailing at the same time. And I said, I guess I'm home. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this place is too weird. I love it. So you kind of moved up there because you were just in the music, or were you playing in a band, or wanted to be in the band, or what was? What was the the reasoning behind moving up there? Other than the other than it's just a cool place to live. Well, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd played in bands in high school. Um, shoot, grunge. We did like the super screamo, de- like Deftones type of stuff. Uh, we even did a <laughs> an acoustic tribal thing. We we had a group of uh, belly dancers that would come along and and perform while we were playing. And uh, I mean, just had a great time experimenting with music. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're in a band, uh, you tend to usually work in food service. Uh, right. and, uh, when I got out of high school, didn't really work out with the band so much and I need to start making some money. So I ended up going to culinary school and uh, when I graduated, I got a job up here. Okay. So you went from music to culinary and now you kind of sprinkle some more music back in there, you know, as like a side hustle almost, or like a side project. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't get to do it professionally yet. Um, in between uh, the food and then um, getting married and having uh, kids myself, oh yeah, I, uh, you know, started to rediscover music as a dad, <laughs> and picked up the guitar and just started like recording again and getting back into music. Um, and uh, it wasn't until my second wife actually allowed me to. Uh, <laughs> to actually allowed me to play. That's not a uh, an indictment on my ex-wife or anything, but right. um, I, I fell in love with it again. And 
um, as I started to get into the culture again and started going to live shows again, I met these really cool people. They're just down-to-earth, cool musicians. I guess it's been a while since I talked to some really cool people. Um, and uh, I just wanted to be... I just wanted to be a part of it. And it really started to see where I was doing in my life career. It was more about just making money and not my passion. And so right. I started to look, what can I do that I can start to transition into more of the music industry? Um, and I guess 2020 came at a great time because I've been working from home um, and and uh, blessed to be able to do that. And I've been able to work on my uh, music business um, alongside that. Yeah, it's really cool. So what is... Going back to culinary just for a little bit, like, do you run your own restaurant or like, what does that look like for you? Well, actually, I, uh, <laughs> I ditched the culinary, uh, the culinary industry, um, about 15 years ago. Okay. And, uh, went into, went into business and, uh, uh, started a couple of different businesses. Uh, one was a food cart business that actually never ended up opening, um, opened up a deli for a weekend. <laughs> and uh, ended up figuring out that the guy we bought it from didn't actually own the building. It was weird. But uh, I started going <laughs> to other businesses and ventures and things like that wanting to make some extra money. Yeah, maybe um, maybe you so. have to vet, uh, vet your sellers a little bit more or something. It's like, hey, do you actually own this building or what are you actually doing with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it turns out he was representing the guy who was renting the space. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> it was this weird thing, like 500 bucks changed hands and it was just weird. But yeah, we were able to get out of it. Okay. So you went from culinary and then you kind of dished that and you moved on to other adventures until you landed on this passion for music again, right? Yeah. So what was the, like, what was the tipping point for you as far as, just feeling that need to play music again. Like what was it for you that made you want to do that? Part of it was reuniting with a friend of mine that I played with in high school. And actually the name was something that we had, uh, we had talked about when we were in high school, uh, growing up in Northern California, we went out to, uh, to goat rock beach a lot. Um, and, uh, whenever we were up in that part of the area and it was always just like, we want to be part of, we want to, you know, we love that area. And there's actually a big giant rock that posts out of the water. And we always said we wanted to watch the end of the world from that rock. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I re re reunited with him. He texted me one night. He's like, Hey, do you remember doing all those cool, you know, like, uh, acoustic stuff with the belly dancers? And, um, <laughs> and, you know, if you think about doing that stuff again, I was like, you know what? I just dusted off my Mac. I just, you know, got my stuff out again. And like, it just kind of reunited us. Um, and we started collaborating together. Um, and where the, where, where it really just blew up for me, I went and saw a friend of mine's band uh, at a CD release party. I don't know if you've ever gone to a concert and the opening act blows you away. And then you're like, wait, who did I come to see? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, um, and I, this band gets up there, it's a six piece. There's three guitarists and, a, and drummers and bass. And this, I, the only thing I could describe it is like rockabilly, uh, progressive punk. I, I don't know. It, it's just, it blew me away. And the, this, this wall of sound, um, and they were actually called Celia. Um, so I was like, okay, immediately I got to look at 
I got to look these guys up. I got to look at where they're going to be next. Can I download their music? And I couldn't find anything. And it was like, what, what the hell? These guys could be famous. Where, what the right. hell? And I ended up uh, meeting uh, the singer, Nate, uh, after the show. I was like, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. He's like, hey, that's, that's great. You know how, how we can promote? Like, would you, can I talk to the, the singer over there? Do you think he'd help us? And I was just thinking to myself, man, I wish I could tell more people about you. There's just nothing about you there. And it really just got me thinking like, yes, I love uh, making music with my buddy, uh, with Sean, who's in uh, Code Trauma. Um, and I love being able to collaborate, but I love doing all this other stuff too, the social media management and helping uh, artists who aren't described, don't have any you know, following on there, be yeah. described, sharing their music. So I mean, it sounds like a very typical story of, I guess like, some, you know, most bands is like, Hey, you're amazing on stage, but nobody really knows who you are because <laughs> there's not that online yeah, I mean, within presence, a, you know, the, within a 20 mile radius, to. they were, you know, huge, right. you know, probably most of Washington. Um, but it, it was just, it was, I felt it was a travesty. Like I loved their music. It was just so awesome. And I wanted to tell more people about it. Yeah. And there's hey, maybe I can do that. Well, typically, I mean, not, I want to say typically, but sometimes, like, there's at least one member of the band that either is into recording or they're, they really like marketing or that maybe they know how to do like a website thing, but maybe they just, none of them knew how to do that, right? So they were good at the music side, but not really much of anything else. And that's where people like you come in, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people, some like as I'm learning about this business and the things that you can do, I mean, they some people just don't know how easy it is or don't want to take the time. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like what radio or what record companies used to do. They used to promote you and you know put you up on advertisements and put you on tour. But now you don't need the record company to release music, but you don't get all that other stuff either. Right, right. So, like, let 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 those you know those people who are good at you you know you hire an accountant when you want to get you know <laughs> when you want to save on taxes, you know why not hire somebody that loves what you do like number one fan about your music and what you're doing let's let's get you out there and let's see what we can get going for you at whatever level right like maybe you just got started in your garage. Maybe you you've been touring for ten years, but you haven't gotten any traction. Maybe it just needs a cleanup, or you know, maybe you need consistency. Whatever it is, right? Um, and what what I think makes this different is that it it's almost a hundred percent outsourced. I want I want members in the community to be able to participate in this. So you know, digital design, um, bookers, recording studios, you know guitar shops uh manager whatever it is they if your band or that project needs it hey i can get you the best person here and i get it because i have the the reputation of the the, the what is it uh, the relationship with these with people in the industry that can that are right here in the community that want to help right so when people go to goatrockpro.com i mean what do you necessarily want them to you know, see from like the homepage of the website, like what's the main goal here? 
the, the main goal right now is just to have a, a landing page um, for clients that I'm starting to take on. I'm just now starting to take on new clients. Um, but for, for, for people that don't want to you know, invest in designing a web page, it's a place that they can send them. Um, and they'll have their own dedicated page where th their music can be placed there. Um, people can listen and share it. Um, and I want it to be ultimately a community of, hey, let's, let's, let's check out these guys. Cause it's all from different genres, all different areas. It's a place where people can discover music easily. Right. Um, and, you know, from a, like a grassroots kind of natural, easy, you know, user interface. I don't want to make it too complicated. It's not about goat rock. It's about these other, these other projects, these bands. Yeah. Um, it's about, it's about promoting them under the umbrella of a production company. Right. It carries a lot more weight when you come with someone, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Now I'm on the frantics page here on the website. And if I go down, it gives me some press photos and then it looks like there's a contact box. Is that a direct contact with the band or is that for Goat Rock itself? Uh, that, that goes right to me. Um, in this um, particular instance, these uh, artists, um, that's why there's not much of a bio or a whole lot of write-up. They, they prefer to just kind of remain mysterious right now. They don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't want so their specific names associated with the projects. They just want to put out music. Sure. Um, and so that's, that's what I give them is just, you know, what, while I have ideas and I have resources to, to add whatever you'd like, you still have a hundred percent control over the content. Whatever you send me, I'll put on, on my website and I'll make it available to you. There's also um, a link tree on the Instagram that has links to each one of their Instagrams, which still that's are pretty cool. bare bones, but that's because that's how they want them right now. And it's just a way for the people that as they start to pass out and share their music, they have some place to go and get it. Right. Um, and as we start moving, we're going to add more and more things. Um, and as we can help more and more people, you can see on the bottom here or right, right below, um, there's this, how do you find out about new music survey? Mm -hmm. So I'm really yeah. curious, like how do people find and, and become fans of, of bands? Yeah, definitely. Now I, uh, I see like there's a, there's a store coming soon option here as well as videos and stuff. How are you going to deal with like the merch side of things? Like source that out, like maybe uh, a local t-shirt store that makes their own shirts and just order like, however many or was that was that you know like for you and the artists you represent yeah it, um you know there there'll be two two options i see it i mean um they can run through uh through goat rock and i plan on using uh you know companies like teespring and and other companies that if they have uh merch already hey i'll i'll put the links up i'll i'll organize all that and i will um make sure that, you know, that part of it's uh, taken care of. Um, as far as, uh, as, as they add more and more things, if they have their own website, I'll put that up. If they want me to develop art for them um, or designs or ideas for, for different marketing things, I can help them with that as well. 
No, that's great. That's really cool. And as far as the videos go, on the homepage here, I see a guy holding a camera. Do you have your own, like, I guess, video production side of the whips of the company, or how does that work? Uh, well, I mean, honest, it's a stock photo. Um, I do have, uh, I, um, uh, I, I love, I mean, shout out to uh, Banzilla. Um, it's a great uh, artist website uh, builder, but mm -hmm. um, I have some video stuff. Um, this, you know, the like, the what do they call it the thing that turns when you turn what the, the giga thingy or gyroscope that's what it is yeah 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 <laughs> the gyroscope uh thing and and i want to move more into that too but again i want to i want to promote and and create uh for for members in the community so it, i'm not the best videographer but i can do some basic stuff yeah um but hey if you want an actual music video i got the best yeah, it's not about being able to do everything yourself, but just knowing the people you can call on that can make it happen, you know? Exactly. Yeah, uh, over the weekend, a woman I go to church with, she is a Spanish teacher, but she's in a uh, singing contest. It's actually a music contest. I mean, there's all kinds of people like doing violin and singing and whatever else, but she has been, she's made it through two rounds and this uh, this next round, she wanted to do like a '70s song, so she did "Dream On" by Aerosmith, and she found nice. a uh, like a backing track to sing over. And then I just took my uh, my my camera, uh, Canon M50. We basically recorded it. I shot like a the first take of the video here in the studio, and then we went out to our uh, a friend's uh, land that has like tons of trees and rocks and you know cool scenery and we just did like two other uh like b-roll kind of things and i came back to the house and edited it all together and so now she has her next competition song that's uh i think it went out today so i mean you don't have i mean and i wasn't doing anything fancy for sure i mean just basic cuts in and out throwing some text up on the screen you know stuff like that um but i know of by being a part of, of a band in the past, we did music videos. I mean, you might do a take in one setup like 10 times, you know, just to get different <laughs> angles and whatnot. And it's definitely important to know people that have a good eye for like lighting and angles and what you should be doing at a certain point and how to hold your instrument what not to do on screen, you know, because <laughs> that, yeah, that, sure. that was always my problem of like, I'm the guitar player, but don't put me on video because I look really awkward. <laughs> we'll put you in a mask. Yeah, or something. <laughs> um, something, yeah. So uh, that's good. Uh, I'm looking at some other stuff on the website here. We got blog coming soon, uh, music and photos. Yeah, so it looks like it's a, it's a great beginning to something that could turn into a long-term, you know, successful thing for you and, you know, whoever the bands you work with. Um, now, how many, how many other guys do you work with on this? Uh, it's far, as far as the company, it's just me. Okay, it's um, just you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you had, like, a partner in crime or something like that. Uh, well, I mean, my wife is very, very supportive. Oh, yeah, <laughs> She's my hey, partner in crime. That's good. You got to have that. <laughs> got to have that for sure. 
Um, so tell me a little bit more about some of the gear you've been into here lately since you've started back into playing music. Yeah, well, uh, I I bought a Schecter Hellraiser about eight years ago. Ooh, um, it's the la- it's the first guitar electric guitar I bought, um, and uh, I just been using Logic Effects up until I would say probably about two years ago, um, and uh, started to like really like as I'm starting to like get into some of the bands that are local here. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that Celia show that I went and saw, he had. Um, it's the it's the Schecter with uh, the horns on the headstock. I can't remember okay. what the model is, but it was all white. And I, and I'm I'm I come up to the stage and I'm just I'm like it's like I don't know like seeing a celebrity or something. It's just like I started to get this like love for like these types of guitars. Um, and uh, I started looking into actually. My biggest one is has been baritones over the last year. Um, I've always really gravitated towards lower tones. I'm mostly a drummer and a singer um, in the past, so I really dug the bass and was really you know riding uh, the bass a lot. So I love really low tones. And um, in my standard guitar, I play um, an open G already, and that's still oh, not wow. deep enough. <laughs> um, so uh, I fell in love. I started looking for baritones. Um, I, I thought I found one with the PRS, uh, the 277. Um, I watched, was you know, looking at the bun on TV or on YouTube, all the baritonic suggestions and just like going crazy. Um, and looking at all of them, I was like, I found the PRS. I'm getting the PRS. And then um, I discovered Jericho, um, my friend uh, Josh, who's in uh, a couple of bands up here. Um, uh, plays a, a Jericho baritone, and uh, that was it. And so it's taken me about another year to actually get it, um, but I got the Walnut Fusion uh, with the Evertune Bridge, which I just tuned for the first time today. <laughs> it's a, it's cool. a little bit, um, it's a little daunting. I've normally just had normal uh, tuning pegs up to this point. I had to, just had the Schecter. And then uh, as far as effects go, I've been really struggling just to be able to control my effects. Um, dealing with, uh, been diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, uh, workflow is everything, and right. having to stop and click on effects and then change, the, like I, I would get, you know, a minute into the song writing, you know, the dreaded 16 bar loop, uh, couldn't get out of it because I, I, I just needed something. And so I, Looked around for MIDI controllers for, I mean, Logic has plenty of great modeling software. It's, it's really cool, but I can't control it with my feet. Right, um, right. And so I started looking around. Um, I found the, I found, um, I found one that was just like a MIDI controller, um, but with a lot of things with Logic and Apple. Um, they don't always play well together like they say they will on the videos. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, you see a video and like, oh, it looks exactly like it's exactly what I'm asking, exactly what I want to do, and then you go to do it, and it doesn't work. <laughs> no way, I <laughs> you can't follow the it. steps. <laughs> you follow the steps, and it doesn't work. And yeah. then that—that's where I, the head rush came in. Um, I looked at processors in the past, um, but I never—I never had one when I was playing guitar in high school. I had a 
metal zone and a and a heavenly chorus boss pedal. That was it. And it. I want I could turn them on and turn them off whenever I wanted. It was so much fun. Right. Um, but like you know, some of my friends would get processors and and like it just looked like you had to program them and get the book out. I'm like, oh Christ. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to technical manuals, I just I CC levels and I I, I can't. I, I just want to play. <laughs> so. Um, the head rush, I'm looking at some videos and I, I come across your videos. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, this thing, this, it, it does everything I needed to do. It, it, it labels everything for you. Yeah. Uh, it's plug and play. Um, and the only thing I couldn't figure out is the exact input output. And that's where I met, met up with you. And I mean, it, since then it's just been, I've been deep diving into, all the tones and, and stuff. And actually, funny story, I found uh, on Marketplace, that's where I found uh, Head Rush. Um, and uh, I actually <laughs> uh, got a, a client out of it, at least um, for some promotion. Yeah. Um, the, the, she's a bass player in, in the area, um, resident bass player with a band here. And uh, she was trying to get bass tones out of it and just didn't like it as much and moved on to something else. And you know, we, we struck up a friendship and liked each other on Instagram. And it's like, that's what I love about <laughs> this community. I haven't really been in a music community, uh, any other town, really. My, the town I grew up in, uh, Vallejo was more of a, uh, you know, like a rap or, you know, more of an urban town. And there wasn't a whole lot of rock. There was some, but, you know, we were kind of made fun of in high school. Um, but, um, <laughs> You know, this is the first time I've been around these people, and they've just been so helpful. And, um, you know, as soon as the lockdown happened, they were just, like, right up there. Hey, we're doing live bedroom performances. Hey, we're, you know, we're trying to get together. I was part of a, a music organization um, that wanted to, f like, find out the fastest way that they could start getting, you know, professional musicians paid. Um, no, that's cool. A lot of tours were canceled. A lot of uh, people that were coming out, um, the, the band um, Dragged Under that was just had gone on tour with the Used, um, and we're about to go on tour again. That was canceled. Um, friends, uh, my friend Josh Wildhorns in both bands, Designer Disguise, was going to be on tour. They didn't, that, that got canceled. Um, luckily, both of them got signed over the, 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 um, the quarantine, and they're actually able to um, make some plans for European tours and things like that. But Seattle, I don't know. We, it feels like we really stepped up, but it felt like a lot of people on the internet. Now we have this, this vehicle that allows us to, you know what? We can't go to the club. Who cares? I have to pay for parking and get beer spilled on me all night, but right. I get to see my favorite band. Um, and they were like, yeah, let's, let's find new ways of doing things. And it wasn't, wasn't that long before other people started to do the same thing. Um, and, uh, but I love, as far as the question about gear, I love gear. I, I, <laughs> I, I watch YouTube videos about gear and tutorials all the time. Right. I'm constantly, uh, looking at stuff. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd work at, I could work at guitar center for free if they didn't go on, you know, for bankruptcy. Yeah, well, I was at Guitar Center from September of last year till like late February, and I felt like I was working for free for the amount of money I made. So, 
<laughs> there you go. It's yeah, not, I heard it. They just didn't. They didn't really treat their employees well. But yeah, uh, I made a video on this last year, I think. But I've owned about thirty amps over the years. And it's just quite ridiculous. It really is. But I mean, that's the that's the beauty of the head rush is like I have at least those amps, if not more, all for the price of like one amp. You know, like one really good amp. And yeah, uh, I was playing my new. Uh, I got a new guitar for my birthday, which was an Eastman T fifty nine, which is like a basically a Gibson three thirty five style guitar. Ooh, and I nice. have a uh, I have a basement model called up in this rig with a little bit of reverb and man it sounds nice <laughs> sounds so good yeah that would like you had mentioned on the phone call i guess like we had talked about um you know wanting to have a dry signal and that kind of a thing and right, right. Uh, you're like well it sounds awesome already why do i <laughs> i mean later on if you're in you know time warner studios and you're you know you're you're, you're putting your double length cd out you know maybe then you could worry about a dry signal too but i mean who cares it sounds a freaking amazing <laughs> yeah 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 and i can use all the irs from all the like modeling plugins i bought already so mm -hmm. And that's one thing I haven't really dived into yet on in uh, Apple Logic or Logic Pro 10 mm -hmm. is I know it has like tons of amps and effects and stuff. And I, I've dabbled with it just very briefly. Um, I think I'm missing something, though, because it's just not dialed in like to where it really sounds that good to me. But hey, it's just another tool, right? You know, if you need to create some music mm -hmm. or get a good get a quick idea down you can just pull up whatever you have and, you know, lay it down and maybe you can recreate it later with like maybe a better tone, but you know, that, that's the <laughs> as thing. As long as I remember how to play it. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing too, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, logic has, um, I, it did actually really the the new ten point five or whatever with the live loops uh -huh. has been incredible for song inspiration. Right, you know, you pull a couple of just like, and and for recording too, because you're basically recording into a little window, and when you're done, you've got a loop, and and then you play it whenever you want. So for um, for arranging, like if so let's say you get all of your tone and all your pieces together, now you just and you record them all. Now you just play them and record the performance, and there's your arrangement. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. that's, it's been really helpful to, to like, I just need a beat. I need, I need a melody or something to follow to write a guitar part to or what have you, and bam, I've got it right there. Yeah. Well, my issue right now is I've been a Reaper user for about 10 years, and I know what I, I mean, I'm really good at Reaper, but trying to take those same concepts and applying them to another doll is like, I know logic can do like similar things. Just so like, maybe it's a different key command or a different order of doing something, but it's just learning like the similarities and the differences and taking the best parts from each one and just making it happen. You know, cause I, I just finished producing a, a full song using drummer I use some some virtual instruments like a piano and some pad stuff, 
And uh, I actually recorded live strings for this song, which is really cool. But now I basically have taken all those tracks in Logic, consolidated them down, and then I've, you know, I'm importing those into Harrison Mixbus to actually mix in. Cool. Not that I can't mix in Logic. There's still some things in there that I'm just not very fast in. And I could get the song done in a week if I stayed in Logic, or I could just get it done in one night if I mixed it in Mixbus. So. <laughs> you know what you know, right? I know you mean, what like I know, you said, yeah. It's just a tool. It's something that you can, you know, it's like, oh, you know what? I know there's this really cool, you know, synth on, on Logic. I'll record a little piece to that and dump it wherever it is. Um, my buddy Sean uh, uses, uh, um, you said Reason, right? Um, I don't know oh, Reaper? Reaper? Um, Reaper, Reaper, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, um, yeah, you use what you use. Um, I only use logic because I started with GarageBand cause it was free. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and, and I, you know, it's kind of like why I still have an iPhone. I, I've already, I've already invested. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes total sense. Yeah. I'm recording uh, my voice right now in Reaper just cause I know it's like, well, cool. it would be as easy to mix down and edit later on. So what other, uh, it's like your first guitar. I know, right? What, what, so other than the Schecter, what other guitars do you have, if any? Uh, yeah, so I actually uh, doubled down uh, this year. Um, I bought uh, two Jericho guitars. So I bought the, um, uh, it's a, the, their scale is just a little bit, it's 25 and three quarters. Okay, um, so a little bit longer. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a fusion. So it's, it's it looks like a Telecaster, but it has uh, it has uh, like Les Paul um, <laughs> controls um, oh, okay. and um, gorgeous, gorgeous guitar. It's super, um, just super easy to play. Really, just a fast neck um, and uh, just amazing. I've never had um, the 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 whatever the, the three position switch like you would have on a Les Paul. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun to kind of make some different noises, almost have a kill switch sometimes. Um, I've got the Jericho fusion baritone. So they look exactly the same, except um, the regular scale is, uh, is pitch black. Yeah. Um, and um, kind of got a carved top. Um, the baritone kind of looks like a, kind of looks like a, I don't know, table <laughs> solid walnut weighs like a thousand pounds um but man it's crazy i don't feel like i have large hands or but my fingers are larger so i've had problems playing like fenders or smaller oh, man. um like and i don't play solos but with these two jerichos that they're slightly larger and especially the the baritones at 27 i almost feel like i can play some some solo type notes or at least some melodies. Cause I feel like my fingers fit on the frets. Um, yeah. I bought a, uh, a Fender Hellcat. It's, uh, acoustic, uh, acoustic electric. Um, uh, it's, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's a little bit shorter scale, but it's loud as hell. Um, and, uh, it's, that's, that's the only Fender that I have. Well, I got a Schecter, um, stiletto, um, bass, um, which I don't get to play as much. Yeah. Um, and I have a Yamaha, a Yamaha acoustic guitar. Yeah, those are um, great. That's like yeah. one of those workhorse <coughs> acoustics that just sound good. 
they they take a beating, you know, and you can keep playing them. Um, I'm on the Jericho website right now, and these hmm. guitars look pretty amazing. Yeah, the uh, the 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 workmanship is. I mean, it's they sound amazing. The, the you only have to be you have to be a little patient. Um, it takes it can take anywhere from you know I got I got lucky, but I waited. Um, it can take anywhere between six to you know, nine months, depending on when you uh, where you are in the build cycle. Right. Um, I, I actually just bugged the hell out of them until they, re, you know, returned my email. It wasn't that hard to get an email response, but just kind of like, hey, I want to buy one of these. When are they going to be, when, when are you going to start shipping them out? Because I didn't want to have to wait six months. <laughs> right. Um, and so I ended up, I just waited and waited and waited. And I finally actually turned out that I could, uh, had enough money saved up that I could actually um, could buy it. And it only took two months to get here. That's cool. um, but I couldn't wait, so I bought the other Jericho in 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 the meantime um, on Reverb. Yeah, it's the it's the Walnut Fusion Evertune. Yeah, they make a seven and eight string too, um, and they just came out with the two um, or the 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 dark dark shadow line, um, which are really cool too. Like I was like. <laughs> That was a problem when I was looking for baritones. Like every time I would find one I thought I really wanted, then I would see one that had like, cause you always, you always, unless you're making custom and you're on Kiesel and spending like $10,000, you're always going to substitute something that you wanted. Yeah. Um, and so then I would find another guitar like, okay, well that, that has the Evertune. That's what I want. Oh, but it doesn't have this. Uh, okay. Well, okay, that's fine. I can deal with that. So the Evertune system, like what is that? Describe that for me. Um, so it, it, it's like a, a really friendly Floyd Rose, um, okay. in that, you know, Floyd Rose gets a, a bad reputation of just being super complicated and the strings have to be, you know, a certain way. Oh yeah. It, this, what this does is it basically puts, um, it puts your string on like an endless pulley system type of thing. Hmm where it's not really tied down anywhere. It's just kind of held in suspension. Um, and so it holds it there. So no matter what you do with the string, it doesn't go out of tune. Wow. When I, when it came in the, when it came, uh, in the mail, it was already in tune and it wasn't in, I mean, I didn't have to tune it, but just like this last couple of days, it's been just a sly bit flat. So I wanted to try to, you know, but basically the difference is, is there's three zones. Um, now, the offshoot of having the Evertune keep your guitar in tune all the time is it doesn't allow you to, like, make bends on your strings. Um, you can adjust it so it will do both. Um, but you basically just have to, the tuning pegs don't have anything to do with the tension. They just bring it from one zone to the next. Right. Um, okay. And once you're in the zone that you want it to be in, then you just tune it uh, down at the bridge with a little hex key. Yeah. And it just fits right in there. I see a key. Um, on the this strings go in uh, normally through the back. Yeah. And then you have locking tuners on the on the headstock. So you 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 literally can't bend a note, right? Unless you put it in into unless you set it that way, you okay. can uh, you can have it kind of do a little bit of both, um, or you can have it not bend at all. So you'd bend the string and the note doesn't change. Weird. 
It's really cool. That I mean, you look weird. it up on, on YouTube, like it just it like, and then you see the guy, he's just wailing, like picks up the strings and just pulling on him. Yeah. Doesn't go out of, out, out of tune at all. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up because that's blowing my mind. <laughs> Especially with a baritone where you're always worried about intonation and, you know, going out of tune at the longer scale and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, this, this just holds it. It doesn't go anywhere. Wow. Well, I guess for a rhythm player, I mean, that's kind of the perfect setup because, I mean, you don't do a lot of bands anyway, right? So, right. And just for rhythmic type of things. So I have it set a little bit. So I, ha I have to pull the string a little bit more um, and it'll give you a little bit of a bend. But yeah, I don't do all the, you know, fast, fast solos or all the crazy big stuff. bends and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's cool. But you could if you wanted to. Of course, it's a baritone because they have the baritone is is just an option. Um, you could get the same in the normal with the Evertune, uh -huh. um, and you can you can you can move it into this position where it will allow you to play it normally uh, with bends. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the prices. I mean, even the prices are, I mean, they're right in range to what you know the quality and craftsmanship that you would expect to be so i mean because i'm a huge reverend guitar proponent and i got four of them myself and i you know they're all different models <laughs> but i just love them to death but you can find them brand new for around a thousand bucks and yeah. you know used if you find it used you can probably find it for like maybe six seven hundred so it's like yeah that that range is a, is a really good sweet spot for you know, the higher end guitar manufacturers where you're not spending $3,000 on a really nice instrument, you still get a, a great instrument, but it's still budget friendly, you know. If well, you, and if you don't mind waiting, there are pre-sale prices, like the, for the Evertune was, it's $9.99. Normally it's right. $16.99. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you don't mind waiting, you know, five, six months, uh, you get a really good deal for the same guitar. Yeah, and it's almost like, if you were going to take six months to save the money anyway, you know, right. it's like, what's the difference? You just go ahead and spend it now, and then in six months you've got the savings, and you get the guitar. So. I don't think I don't think they charge you until the run is over. Like once they, re I don't think they charge until the the. I have to check. Such a, a, a small window cool, for me. I don't think they charge you until it's actually in their hands. Yeah. From the manufacturer, so it, it may especially if you wait that long. Um, yeah, it's it kind of like, uh, like the quad cortex situation that they had back at NAMM. It was like, hey, put $200 down and then don't pay right. for the rest until it actually comes out, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm so mad. I want to go to NAMM so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got gypped big time this last year. Uh, I really wanted to go, but just between work or the lack of work and not having any money and paying for plane yeah. tickets. And then I had a friend that lived in California that I was going to try and stay with, but then it was just too last minute and he already had somebody else staying with him. So everything just kind of fell apart as far as yeah. actually getting yeah. to go to the winter NAM. Cause I always go to the summer NAM cause it's just here in Nashville. I mean, I could just drive 30 minutes up the road and there it is. But, <laughs> right you know. go home at night <laughs> i know right well i usually just go up for a day and mm. 
you know, I go on like music industry day or whatever it's called and get like a $25 pass. Uh, cause I'm a music influencer or I don't know whatever you call it, but, um, (laughs) basically if you're like a music teacher or some kind of like influencer or something, you can get like a a cheap pass that's like way less than like what a normal person would buy it for. But, uh, but yeah, Nam is always great. I just love the atmosphere and looking at new stuff and. Um, I would be in so trouble. I would have to leave my 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 credit card with my wife. Like there would be no way. Right. Well, the honey. Well, the bad thing is, you would be taking notes the whole time or taking pictures the whole time. Of like, I want to buy this. I want to buy that. And when I get home, I'm gonna look into that and <laughs> wish listing, calendaring, like putting it out. Like, okay, I got six months. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely probably a good thing, though, because as long as you can sleep on it, then you'll probably wake up the next morning saying to yourself, well, it was a cool guitar, but I really don't need it. But I really want it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need that guitar. Every uh, giveaway on Instagram for a guitar, like I'm I'm like, okay, I'll put my 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 uh, email in there. It'd be kind of cool to win a new guitar. Yeah, sure would. Sure would. Well, David, this has been a uh, fun conversation. I love meeting new people. And just like you said, on a whim, we just kind of chatted about some head rush stuff and some recording and found out what you did. And I thought it would be a great topic for a podcast. So thanks for coming on and chatting about Goat Rock Productions and all your musical endeavors, and hopefully it inspired somebody else out there to maybe pick up a guitar or maybe just act on an idea that they were sitting on for a while that they just kind of were fearful of, like, failure, maybe. And, you know, (laughs) I say just go for it, you know. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow, (laughs) right? So might as well just, you know, go for it and, and, uh, you know, do your best uh, to help others and have fun in the process. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it was actually pretty cool that we we connected because I mean, I didn't expect uh, you know this this type of uh, you know the phone call and then the opportunity for a podcast. So I was just like thinking you'd, you'd you know, send me a text link or something like that. And that's kind of like what I'm all about, like having people just being that personable, you know, yeah. fans and. And, and people that, that are in the industry, they love that kind of, you know, um, vulnerability, that kind of personability. Obviously, there's a thin line. I've noticed when you see some people that, you know, say something wrong on, on YouTube they didn't know was wrong and they get chastised for it. But <laughs> right. um, yeah. it's, 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 it's that kind of – it's that kind of like wanting to connect and wanting to share music that that really drew me to your channel and and i'm super thank you for the the opportunity and uh hopefully we can um work together on something in the in the future yeah definitely thanks guys for checking out the podcast today if you want to contact david then go to goatrockpro.com and if you're a band or know a band that needs his services then go ahead and check them out And I know he will do his best to help you out the best way he can. 
So we will be back soon with another podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. And leave a five-star review to let me know what you think about the podcast so far. So keep rocking, guys. We'll see you in the next one.